Today, I will speak with Keith Williams from Keith Williams Workout and the Guru LLC. Over the past three decades, Keith has trained and mentored many of the nation's top basketball talents, both male and female, as they work towards their career as professionals. So I'm here with Keith Williams from Keith Williams Workout. How are you today, Keith? I'm fine yourself. And first, I want to thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for being here. And it's good seeing you after all these years. It has been a long time. It's been a long time. And I, it's funny, like you said, it's funny to see you on a podcast because you don't talk a lot. So this should be interesting. I don't talk a lot. You're right about that. So I'm glad you remember that. <laughs> I wanted to bring you on because I've been hearing about all the wonderful things you're doing with these young men, getting them into the NBA. So tell us a little bit about your organization and about yourself. Well, basically, um, before I knew it was a business, I was uh, I was training guys maybe almost 30 years ago. And I used to do it, you know, for the sport. I was just helping guys, trying to get better. And then I, I figured out how to monetize it. So at the time, I was working at a Sam's Club. <laughs> Believe it or not, I was on the night shift. And, you know, I was making pretty good money. And my dad came in and said, Keith, are you sure you're going to be able to do this for the next 20, 30 years? And when I thought about it, I like, nah, I want to fit. I want to find something I want to do. So I got into training. And I didn't really know what to charge or how to go about it. But I knew it was something I wanted to do. I, I knew it was something that I thought I could share. At that time, with guys, it was primarily still my age. I was only in my late 20s. And it kind of took off. So as the story goes, I um, quit Sam's. As you know, that's a terrible thing to do to quit a short job. Or something you don't know anything about, but that's what I did. And um, I was I was I was training over at Bowie State basketball training, and I didn't know what to charge. So I, for about a week, I trained guys and was you know wasn't making any money. And so then, me not really knowing the business, I got frustrated and was like, well, if I was somebody else, you know, y'all talking about the good work I'm doing, I was somebody else, y'all would pay me. So I brought a green bag to the workout and I told all the guys. And at that time, I had, you know, the Kwame Browns and guys like that from the Wizards around. That's when Boy State was the practice facility for the Wizards. And um, I said, well, pay me what you think I deserve. So by this time, it was two, three weeks in. And the first day, I think I made about, honestly, maybe $64. I mean, not the money I wanted, but it was something, right? More than what I was getting at first. And then a week later, I went in the bag. It was $437 in it for one day. And so I was like, okay, this is this is more like it. $400 a day sound like a plan, you know. That's, that's, that's 2000 a week. That sounds like I'm heading in the right direction. And then through, you know, just being around the game and asking people questions and kind of figuring out what I thought it was worth. Nobody actually told me. I figured out what was my price point and keep wins workouts, you know, it, it grew from there. So that's, that's pretty much my, the origin of my business and my story. That's how I got started. Are you still Keith Williams workout? I am. I even started, I even had t-shirts and stuff like that, but I, I'm, I actually just, I'm under the Google, so it's Google Traveling that I have with my wife. 
Mm-hmm. Then I got Guru T-shirts. And then I got uh, Guru Management Company. So, yes, I wanted a Guru label now. But I still use Keith Wentworth as well. Just to give a little bit of a, a history, you said you were training at Bowie State. So that's where you started? That's where, that's where I started at Bowie State. Yeah. Okay. And I know there's a, there's definitely a rich history of basketball in the, I guess the young people call it the DMV. And I call it the DC area, but DMV. Of course. So give me kind of like an, a list of some of the people you've actually helped train. So I, again, I've been blessed enough to have uh, Kevin Durant, uh, DeMarcus Cousins. My first big pro was uh, Steve Francis, that everybody knows. I had Gerard Mustafa, um, Chris Wilcox, Lonnie Baxter, Roger Mason. Uh, I mean, I could, the list could go Ty Lawson. I had, a, I, I, had a, I was the uh, main person. Markel First, the only number one pick to ever come out of the state of Maryland. Uh, uh, Mike Beasley. So yeah, I've, I've been blessed. Victor Oladipo, I've been blessed to work with some really, really talented guys. I think DeMarcus Cousins, I probably learned the most about the business with him because he, you know, he went through a lot of stuff. So I got a chance to know everybody around the business. But yeah, I've I've had over about forty pros since I NBA player since I started this. Wow! So it sounds like you haven't you have a a keen eye for talent. You know what I would I would say, I would say, I think I'm really good at reaching kids where they are because I think the biggest problem that we have as older gentlemen is getting young people to listen. You know what I mean? Because in this day and time, young people know everything, right? Um, but for whatever reason, these young guys they like me, and they trust what I tell them, and I think they try to go out and do the best that they can given, you know, the information that I gave them. So I think, I think I'm a good communicator, even more than just knowing who's really good at basketball. What's the youngest player you've ever started training? I've had, I've had, I've had kids as young as three and four and I've had them as old as 60. So I've kind of, you know, it started off as just a, yeah, right. Old guy just wanted to get in shape. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much run the game and I've, I've, I've run, I've written basketball articles and did videos for better basketball, which at the time was the biggest online magazine ever for basketball. So I did that for about a year and a half. So I've kind of did it all. I've coached in the minor leagues. I coached in the ABA, um, which was the Merlin Nighthawks and we were really successful. So I did that for two years as well. So I've kind of done everything i've did the marketing deals in basketball uh, like i said I've, I've acted as an agent for the number one pick so i've pretty much done it all with regards to basketball at every level almost i ran aau program dc blue devils we were sponsored by nike initially and then we started being sponsored by under armor so yeah i've i've done it all and i'm thankful each step helped me get ready and obviously this year I, I have Jaden Springer, who should be a top 15 pick. He's out of Tennessee. He's from Charlotte, but he played one year at uh, Tennessee. And he's 18-year-old kid. He's the youngest kid in the draft. And we spent 90 days, you know, working out in Miami, getting ready. So it's been quite quite a journey. 
So you're expecting him to go in the top 15, you say? Yeah, he should be in the top 15. It, it's, it's interesting how they look at basketball today. It's not it's not how we came up, Barbara, where, you know, what you did was important, you know, what you did on the court. Now it's kind of what's your potential, you know what I mean, what's your ceiling. They drive you based on how high your ceiling is more than what you can actually do at the present time. It's changed that much. Oh my God! Like, and it, it was it was tough for me to to kind of get used to it because I'm used to if I'm gonna take you high, you must be the best player on your college team. He's leading the score, you know. And now they kind of take him. They try to take him really young, and they want them to look a certain way. What I mean by look a certain way is have their you know their arms be a certain length, arms be plus four over their height. So they six six. They want the arms to be arm length to be six ten. So it's crazy things like that. They put a lot of emphasis on vertical leaps and stuff like that. It has nothing to do with basketball, but it's kind of the changing, not just the basketball, but of the world we live in. You know, everything is kind of sped up. Nothing is based on you know your cachet of things you've done. Just listening to you, it sounded more like a um, American Idol versus yeah, actually raw it's, talent and, and and ability. Yes, yes. I mean, even even the, from the standpoint of why they shoot so many threes now, you know, uh, you know, you got analytics people who kind of run the game now. So you and I don't need somebody to tell us that three is worth more than two. You know what I mean? We don't need anybody to touch that. But, they, you know, that's something that they emphasize so much. And so the the proclivity to shoot pull-up jump shots and shots around the bucket, it's almost null and void. You don't see – you see very few post-ups and very few guys that shoot mid-range shots other than the best players. So the game as a whole has definitely changed dramatically since we grew up. So tell me what a typical – uh, Keith Williams' workout looked like? Well, my, my my workouts encompass, you know, every facet of the game from, you know, ball handling, you know, for 10 minutes, 12 minutes, shooting, 10, 15 minutes, shooting off the dribble, 10, 15 minutes, uh, uh, shooting, you know, shooting off the catch, working off the triple threat, um, playing some competition one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three. And then, obviously, um, I do body work. We do um, wheelbarrows and push-ups and things, you know, body exercises, things of that nature. Uh, typical workout is about two hours long. And I used to, in the back of the day when I first started, I almost never gave water breaks. But now, again, things have changed. So we try to have a couple water breaks within that two hours. But if I got a small group, let's say two kids, then the workout's probably an hour, hour, 15 minutes. So we pretty much work on everything. And some things are skill specific depending depending upon the 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 individual and what their needs are. And um normally, you know, that first workout I put them through a series of drills. It kind of just shows me what they're good at and what they're bad at. And then I devised a plan to help the kids improve at a rapid rate. The kids normally seek you out at this point? Yeah, yeah. I've never, again, old school, so I've never been good 
at really marketing myself, but the world's gotten around. And so, yeah, I get, I get all referrals, all referrals. And is it mainly in the DMV or is it all over? No, I've, I've been able to, you know, with, with, with social media, the world is so small. And with me, me writing the articles and stuff like that. No, I've had people reach out. I've had people fly in from Pittsburgh, even California, just to come work out. You know, the whole workout thing is taking on a life of its own, you know. So it's a big business for one. And, and with all the videos and stuff, you know, all the visibility you can have. So, yeah, I've been sought out from all over, not just locally. Like DeMarcus Cousins, he's from Alabama. You know, um, you know like I said, Jaden Springer, he's from Charlotte, North Carolina. These guys are not from the DMV. So, yes, yeah, it's, 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 been, it's been good. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world to have my own business and to do what I like, do what I love for this many years. You never can complain at that. So tell me where your love for basketball stems from. Uh, listen, probably since I was a little, little boy, but funny, your brother and myself in college used to talk, her brother being Richard, of course, we used to talk in college about basketball all the time. And really, to be honest, I actually give Richard more credit. All of this that I'm mostly doing, it started out of Richard saying, asking me, Keith, do you think? You could be the best female player in the world. <laughs> and so, of course, you know, we're young. We're in our 20s. And, of course, I'm laughing at him like, Richard, are you crazy? And your brother was one of my biggest supporters. You know, your brother thought I could be an NBA player. And, he, you know, he was a good player himself. So it kind of almost hurt my feelings that he really thought that a girl, <laughs> female, hey. could beat me. I don't care how good she is. So, he said that because I'm his sister. He don't want to tell anybody that I actually am is just as good as he is. But that's a story oh, for another okay, day. Okay. Okay, I remember that. So as, as fate would have it, one of my early trainees was Shamiqua Hosclaw, who at the time was the best female player in the world. So of course I called your brother. I was like, hey, hey, I'm training the best female player in the world. So there's going to be opportunity for me to play against her and and see who's what. I said, I don't want to say too much, but let's just say I bested her in a one-on-one. -on -one. And let's just say that I called your brother and rubbed it in. So you, that was a proud moment but, for you. But, but was it a but, tough game? Be honest. Uh, you know what? Meek, Meek is such a humble young woman i think because i had been her trainer for a little while i think she was a little nervous i don't think she put her best foot forward i think it was a respect factor but it wasn't easy but no i wasn't overly difficult either but, but you gotta remember as a trainer i watch you so i know your strengths i know your weaknesses and i know being at an advanced age over them that i know what to take away but but it all, all this really started because of your brother talking like that. We used to talk about everything, uh, basketball related, every day. We were supposed to be in school learning, but we weren't. We were talking about basketball. But don't tell nobody I said that. We, we won't but, tell the, the hundreds of people that are going to hear this podcast. <laughs> no, no, we, no. They, they, they won't even hear this podcast. It'll be blanked out. But yeah, 
so he's a big part of me doing this because it was it was just interesting that we were having that conversation. Then a few years later, it actually happened, and it, it allowed me to see that you know I'm gonna be able to, I might be able to put my hands on some of the most talented kids in the world, and I saw how uh, Meek took to me, how she respected me, how she looked up to me, and it gave me confidence to move forward in the business. She was the first player to introduce me to the Nike people, to introduce me to her um, her representatives, Nike and her agents. And, and all that helped me kind of understand the business, you know, from a different lens, if you will. I honestly didn't know you trained both male and female. Is she the only one or have you trained several female athletes? No, I had Monique. I had a couple of Monique. I had Monique Curry. I had Elena Beard. Yeah, I get like I said, I've been blessed to to work with some of the best and brightest young people in the DMV for sure, girls and guys. And I've had other uh, female uh, All Americans, uh, Mar Strickland, who played in Maryland. I had her for many, many years. So now the girls have been great. I had the all-time leading scorer in boys' state history. Allison Hardy, where she's Allison Dobbins now. She's married, and she's like a daughter to me. She started with me in the early days. She once scored 50 points in a CIAA game. So, like I said, I, I've had the best of the best. So you said that she opened the doors for you to see the whole picture of, of the game. What? Yeah, but the, the business, business, right? The business side of it. Yeah, because I, I hadn't – I was so caught up in just the – the the training side, the, the the fundamental side, the skill side of the business. I hadn't even wrapped my head around agents and uh, uh, tennis shoe representatives. I, I wasn't even thinking about stuff like that. But she she was thinking, and maybe she kind of knew which way I was going. So she introduced me to uh, all these you know influential people that I would come to know later on in the business and, and I would thank her for um, bringing me around. And she um, told me what the acronym, what Nike actually stood for. What does it stand for? Now I know everything. Re oh, really? Okay. Right. Never knew that. Now I know everything. Right. So these are, <laughs> so these are little hidden gems mm -hmm. that, um, you know, that, you know, she she um, put before me, and I, you know, I took that knowledge and ran with it. Just that being said, you've had so many young guys. You've pretty much helped them to live out a dream. Their lives have changed. How do you see yourself when you think about, like, for the guys who went from being an average person to becoming an NBA draft pick? What are some of the words of wisdom or things you share with them I mean, the biggest thing, and I, I talk about this all the time, because, you know, I've had my ups and downs in this business in terms of how things have gone. But the biggest thing is um, keeping the same circle that you came into the money with, keeping that same circle. That circle may not be perfect, but at least you know everybody in the circle. You know their strengths. You know their weaknesses. You know what I mean? Good, bad, or indifferent, you know them. When you start bringing people into the circle that you don't know, you don't know exactly what their motives are. It's normally that's normally where the trouble begins. So I just try to tell them, man, don't change anything. 
these people are good enough to make you a millionaire, why they can't be good enough to help you maintain your millions. So that's kind of like the biggest thing, because a lot of times people think they need to change this. I need to hang around this person, and I need to talk to this person. No. No. And in terms of just my basic information, I always tell people, you come into money, you don't have to invest in everything. For our people, black people, the first thing we need to learn how to do, Barbara, is save. Now you got some money, prove to yourself that you can save the money. Every 30 days, be able to go in your account and see that it's growing, not reducing. And I think if you do that that first year, then you can take your time and get into the other financial endeavors that are out there for people to have a lot of money. But I think for us, the biggest thing is to learn how to save money. That's a bit tough. One day they're a teenager, and the next day they're a millionaire. Yeah, they want they want to spend everything. But I, I tell them that money ain't everything. Money just means, if you got it, just means that ain't your problem. But you and I know, man, happiness and love is far more important. This is going to take you a lot further than money. Money comes and goes. True love and true happiness, hard to come by. Exactly. This podcast is going to air this week, and the the NBA draft is on Thursday. Definitely going to have it up before Thursday. Any predictions from you? My prediction is that Jaden Springer should be a top 15 pick. Wherever he goes, he's going to be a steal because he's a two-way player. And when you're talking about drafting somebody young, He's a kid that doesn't have a big ego, so he'll, you know, he'll morph into whatever they need him to be, and he'll be a star in his role. And that's what you need when you got young guys coming in. He's really solid. It's not something we say about young players, but he's really solid. He's really even kill. I think he's ready to make a nice, a nice, nice plunge into the NBA. I will uh, talk to you post draft, and let's see where he ends up. All right. Any other predictions? I mean, the, the easy ones, you know, nowadays in the NBA, you know who's going number one. Kate Cunningham's going to go number one. Um, and probably Jalen Green will be number two. You know, again, everything's projected in advance. So it doesn't really matter what people have done. People, they already have their minds set on what they're going to do, and they do it. And I guess that's the the gift and the curse of basketball today. Definitely not like the past. It used to be a little more nail-biting, I guess, at least for me. Oh, you know, well, you had to fight for it. You had to fight for it. You had to go in there and, and take it. You know, they 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 tell even – even when you watch basketball games now, one team gets up by 20 and they'll say, it's over. It's like it's 12 minutes left in the game. You know, it's a 24-second shot clock. It's not over. You know, but that's kind of the world we live in. They kind of, you know, move on so fast. Exactly. And I have to kind of admit, I'm not into sports like I used to be because I saw the change coming. And I'm like, mm, right. it just doesn't seem as, as authentic as it used to be. No, no. And it's always kind of, you don't know what people are really doing because everybody's doing everything for clicks now. So people say and do outrageous things just for somebody to, Pay attention. That's not. It might not even be their real view on things. They just know that I'm. A, I'm gonna get a rise out of people if I say or do this. Like 
no knock, but Stephen A is like one of the worst, you know, sports people in the world. He just says outlandish things, and and they, and, he, and he gets a rise out of people. I don't believe he believes any of it, but it's all about what you're into, I guess. If you want to see some real journalism, then ESPN is probably not the route to go. Um, but if you wanna, if you wanna see your basic current affairs and somebody. A lot of hyperbole in their story, then hey, ESPN is what you want. Yeah, it kind of remind me of the WWE a little bit. It's definitely wrestling. You you know what? You hit it on the nose. It's re- it's, it's really fake. I mean, even down to um, now guys are dribbling the ball and somebody hits them and they act like somebody hit them with a truck. You know, they diving on the ground. It's like I hate it. And I hate for young guys to see it because they mimic what they see but again that's how the game's gone and um you know everything about sports at every sport is geared toward offense so they don't give the defense a chance so basically barbara if 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 you if you're on defense and you're and you close the space out on me and you're in my personal space as an offensive player, they allow me to drag my arms through your arms and, and then they'll call the foul on you. After you've already established that you're in that space. You know what I mean? You've established it. But because I'm the offensive player, they'll give me the call. So it's, it's just stuff like that that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and I guess hey, that's why they don't have old guys like me talking too much because I'm, I'm a conflict to everybody. But it's just a lot about the game. It's, it's not right. I don't even like how a lot of people will compare past players to players of today. Yeah, it's a different area, exactly. And, and, and but when they do that, they always go by numbers. But like I tell people, the game is at a faster pace now. You know what I mean? They they shoot more threes, so there's more points in the ball. So of course, certain guys are gonna score more points, and they don't. And they play less defense. Again, the game is geared toward offense. So the stats they put up are not going to be the same as stats we put up when we were playing because the game was much harder. I mean, you can just look at the film. It was a much more physical game 20, 30 years ago. And sometimes I even feel like some of these teams are so scripted. All the way. All the way? Okay, yeah. Because it's, like, you know, it's like I see guys moving around from team to team in order to create a championship team. Of course that team's going to win because they bought it. Exactly. They paid for the championship. So yeah, it's, it's just a different climate so i think when you start comparing you gotta compare the eras as well before you start saying uh kobe is good as jordan or, or whoever you comparing. you know it just doesn't make a lot of sense even even the greats you know lebron he got into the nba earlier than everybody else so he's you know he's gonna play longer than most so of course he's gonna have more points he he played more years you know what i mean start at an earlier age that and, and back in our time, coming out of high school wasn't the rave, but it became that. So, you know, I think people got to take a good look at things before they start comparing different eras, different players. Yeah, I think, like, the only guy I ever knew that came out of high school was, was Daryl Dawkins and Moses Malone, I think, at the time. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. And now, yeah. like, I don't, know who, I don't know who hasn't come out of high school. Exactly. That's how it's set up. Where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? So I've already done some management and some marketing deals. So kind of just moving 
more towards that. And I have my training with you know, a lot of kids that are a lot older, not as many young kids, you know, small kids, older kids, you know, kind of more of a cookie cutter approach to it. You know what I mean? I'm going to kind of handpick, you know, again, I am 52 and you want to stay young, as relevant. By the way, 52 is young. Okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Bob. Yeah. I want to stay as relevant with the kids as possible. And I want to stay with what I'm comfortable with. They say when you get older, you get more patient. And that's true. But you're more patient for things that's worth being patient for. But you rarely have patience for nonsense. So, And the kids, they again, the kids don't see the, the game, the business of basketball the same way. And the money they're paying is so outlandish that, uh, you know, they're just not as serious about it as you would think they would be. So, yeah, I think I'm going I'm to I'm move more to more the management side. And obviously, uh, working at working with more guys at the higher level that are right there close to being professional players. I think that's probably a better lane for me as I, you know, as I age. Well, you've definitely earned it. I mean, just the, the names you, you listed off today, and I'm sure there's many more. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to brag. Yeah, I don't want to brag. But yeah, I've, I've had a lot of, even Quint Cook and some of the, you know, the kids that are playing now, I've been able to work with them as well. So, and I even saw an article about, I guess it was a player, Hasim. Is it Hasim? Ah, oh, at the beat, yeah. At the beat, yeah. I guess he had been out of the league for a couple of years. And, yeah, yeah. And you, yeah, like, hey, you did some homework. I did, bro. I did, I did my homework. Go, yeah. I did my homework. Yeah, yeah. That was, I was interested in trying to get him back in. And that's something that's rare, you know. Once you're out, you know me out, right? Yeah, no, nah, it's tough. It's like a game. You got to be initiated. Exactly. It's AOU, a true debt. Nah, I, you know what? He's, a, you know, Hashim is a really nice kid. And again, this business, man, the business of the business can get in the way. And, you know, he has some things have bad management and, you know, poor financial management. Mm -hmm. So things just kind of went left for him. But beautiful kid. And, uh, you know, he worked his way. He did the things he needed to do. And he, he was able to get another shot. So, you know, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be a part of that journey that he was taking. Thank you for taking the time today to, to talk to me. I really appreciate it. No, no worries. This, this was good. As you grow, keep me in mind. I come back on. Oh, it's definitely. Up. We can make this a, a, a monthly thing. Keith's Corner. <laughs> Hey, hey, let me know. I, I, I would love that. Okay. Just let me know. Okay, I appreciate it. And, and best of luck. And I will definitely be talking to you after the draft. All right. Take care, Bob. Thank you for having me.